Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk, Jacob and Jeremy. Jake, man, if anything is here, hunting season is here. I don't know. I still think it's sweating season. If we had to look well, at it, I mean, it was 96, 97 a day. Man, I know it, but I know a lot of guys, they're fighting it. I haven't had a chance to because I've been off working all week, but I think I'm going to pile right in there with them here this weekend and swap well, you, some skeeters and sweat. And you've, apparently, you've apparently been working real hard this week. I hadn't been able to get a text message through or a phone call back hardly. I mean, it's it's almost like we broke up there for a little while. I've been at work is all I'm going to say. I ain't gonna say working hard. I'm gonna say I've been at work. Okay. Well, look, we'll we'll go with that. Look, the yep. uh, I talked with uh, Jonathan Parker the other day, and Joseph Parker, I'm sorry, and uh, he let me know they had a couple of events coming up. The Scenic Rivers here in Amick County, Pike County, the Ten County Alliance Alliance Region. Uh, yeah. October twelfth, they are having a fishing a kids fishing rodeo at Wilkinson County Park on Highway 61. For more information on that, uh, folks need to go to the Scenic River site, Facebook site or website, and they can find more info on that. Also, October, no, that same night, October the 12th, they're having a walking horse show over in Tylertown. Now, I'm not exactly sure what a walking horse show entails, but... uh, They're showing walking horses. Well, apparently they are. Um, so if you need a good walking horse or you need to know any more about a good walking horse, apparently that's a good place to be. Uh, Man, that's awesome. Got some things happening in the local community. Yeah. Uh, October 26th, Jeff and them, Jeff and J.D., who are going to be on with us tonight, were telling us that uh, Homochitto River Fest is on that night. Now, Big Jeff, what all does that entail? Um, the Homochitto River Festival is just a deal. Um just celebrating the community. Um, they'll have a lot of vendors there, and um, we'll be there. The team breakdown will be there with a booth, booth there. They'll have an outdoors section of the vendors, and they'll have two stages going with live music all day long. So it's going to be a lot. If you're from the Liberty area, it's going to be a lot like Heritage Days. A, a lot like Heritage Days. It's a big lineup of music anywhere from local artists. Um, myself, I'll be playing that, that day in the middle of the day. And, uh, now, will Team Breakdown have a, have a booth there while... We will. Throughout the day also. So, team, team so J.D. will be there, smiles and all. The poster child will be there. The poster child will be there. That's right. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> and the big deal about that is um, the, at the, the headliner for that show is um, is Marty Stewart. So. Ooh, oh, that's Mississippi awesome. native. That's right. I got and you a quick story on Marty Stewart. I was working in South Dakota years ago, and I think we were in Watertown, South Dakota. We come out of the hotel, and as we're coming out of the hotel, one of the guys with me just grabs me, and he's like, stop that guy. I stopped him. He takes off running, and I'm like, oh, crap, he set me up. You know I mean? I'm the popo fix to pull up any minute. Well, I this long-haired guy, stop him. I get talking to him. Well, then it dawns on me who he is. I'm like, you're from Philadelphia, aren't you? He said, yeah, you're not from here either, are you? I said, no, sir, I'm from Liberty, Mississippi. He said, oh, Route 4, Liberty, Mississippi. Jerry Clower, I said, yes, sir. <laughs> Told him I graduated from Mississippi State, and we spent a lot of time in Philadelphia. Well, he was playing at one of the Indian casinos up there and invited us to come on and listen that night. So we got backstage passes. Well, the buddy that worked with me, he comes running up with the camera, and we had to have 
photo op right there. Well, we got to go and listen to him sing, and then we got to go hang out with him backstage, and then hang out with him at night when we got back to the hotel. It was pretty, pretty neat for just running into somebody in the parking lot of the hotel. Yeah, on accident. On accident. <laughs> and the bad thing was, is I really didn't know who he was at first. That's I mean, funny. you know, you see a stranger walk up. I mean, he wasn't wearing all the sparkly stuff he normal wears. I mean, he just he looked... wasn't wearing superlative, huh? No. <laughs> No, and I, hey, who said Big Jeff could use them big words on here like that? Well, I Googled it. You giggled it early? I Googled it, yes, right. I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, I Googled it. Hey, before we leave the local stuff, also November 2nd, West Macomb Baptist Church is having a pre-kids wildlife expo and a wild game cook-off. Uh, I believe it's going to be from like 4 to 7 or 4 to 6. We're not sure on the time, but we'll try to get that back out here in the next next podcast or two you guys will be going to be there right yeah we're going to be there team breakdown will be there um it's going to be a lot of local vendors there just for the kids to see different things in the outdoors and kind of like with the big wildlife expo we do i think they're trying to kind of do something similar and and help get get kids outside get them off them doggone phones inside that's awesome hey you had me at uh that wild game cook-off man we all buy some groceries around here you know that's what I'm talking about. I just want to know where any of y'all cooking. J.D., are you cooking? I'm not cooking, but uh, two of our other members of our team will be cooking. Uh, Who that would evening, that be? But we will not be uh, telling y'all what they're cooking. Who's cooking? <laughs> I believe Thomas Arnold and Chris Haygood are both planning on cooking. Big Bird's cooking? I'm going to eat. Big Bird's going to cook. If Big Bird's so cooking, I'm, I'm eating, too. I'm a skinny I'm fella, but I, I, I can give it a whirl. <laughs> They're not Jeff, having like you can, you, Jeff, do you think you can get you and I in on some judging, you think? Well, you know, I might have to pull a few strings on that now. I feel like we're qualified. Well, most definitely. <laughs> I am a great connoisseur of good groceries. I don't know if you uh, want in on the judging. The judging normally gets like a very small sample platter of each thing. Well, that depends on but how you, many entries we got. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Maybe more than you think. Maybe a whole pile of little small platters. Well. But anyway, guys, so... Like we're talking about, dove season done started, teal season has started and gone. And man, this past Wednesday, we had deer season open up, and we've already had them speak tonight, but we have uh, two of the guys from Team Breakdown with us. I know we had Jeffrey on earlier earlier in, in some of our series that we had, but we've got Jeffrey Nunnery, John David Polk here with Team Breakdown. They're going to they're gonna fill us in, kind of recap a little bit about what they do, what services they offer, and their season's already started off with a bang, and they got a they got a few recoveries in the bag. So, guys, what's uh, what's old team breakdown up to? JD, tell us a little bit about it, man. I'll let you take the wheel here for All right. a minute. All right. Well, team breakdown. Just for you, those that are listening, I'm not sure exactly what we are. We're a deer recovery service, wild game recovery service, primarily deer. We do not charge. We're a free service and volunteer at that. Basically, if you shoot a wounded deer and you're unable to locate it, we just ask you to give us a call, and uh, we'll come out to you. We serve all the surrounding areas here, and if we're unable to get to you if you're up north or somewhere in the north part of the state, uh, we have friend connections and can get you hooked up with somebody. Uh, so that's what Team Breakdown is all about is uh, we're all hunters. And we're basically hunters helping hunters. And uh, like I said, it's free of charge. We don't charge a dime. Uh, we just do it because we like seeing our dogs work. That's always. I know I've I've used a, a few of y'all's dogs before, more more or less, just to get them some work. Because I live, you know, pretty close to several of you guys, and and I know I've 
I've shot a few deer through the years with my bow, and I think it was Justin Williams. He came out a couple of times. He wanted to work his dog, and I shot a couple couple of deer when he had one of his younger dogs. I can't remember which one it was, but he wanted to do a little bit of work with him. And man, I right off the bat, he loaded the dog up, brought it over, and heck, it didn't take ten minutes to find either one of them. And then Jeffrey, I think it was it last year, year before last, you came and found a deer that I thought that actually ran a little ways, but uh, I think the I think the dogs. The dogs had the deer for you. Even got out of the truck good. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That will but, happen uh, from time to time. I don't mind it. No. No, not at all. So. Well, I'm well, gonna guys, go ahead and what? tell on him a little bit. When he pulled up today, he said he was a little sore, and I didn't know if he'd been doing some new special workout or what. And he said apparently he covered a few miles last night. So. Yeah. Yeah. We. <laughs> We we covered a little bit of terrain last night. It was it was definitely interesting. I tell you, uh, opening day we kind of was kind of was off with a blast for us. Um, I'm real proud of it. You know, we had we had four recoveries yesterday. None of them went too terribly far. We had uh, I think we found we recovered we recovered uh, three does and and a pretty good buck last night. Yeah, I saw the picture of the buck, man. That was, that was a nice deer. Yeah, he's a good deer. He's a good deer. We uh, Chad Tate's one recovered him. Him and Dutes, his dog Dutes, uh, I think they went on about, I think the total track was probably about 450 yards. They they tracked all the way to a property line, and and here's where I where I back up and really commend the handler on, on this. We got to a property line, and he asked the hunter, he said, you know, do we know whose place this is? Do we have permission? And he said, no. So he said, well, we need to find out before we go any further. So he did. You know, he went around the other side of the property and found the owners, and they said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So they can continue it on, and oh, well, probably about another 100, 150 yards or so, they come to this pond, and Chad's like, I hear the dog in there, and I hear him kind of paddling around, splashing. So I said, something's going on. So we went up there to look, and it's old Dukes has got the deer in the pond, so that's, the deer was expired already, and that's a pretty good deal, you know. Deer went to water to and lay it, down, cool yeah. off, had that hot spot. And that, and that was the buck, or that was that one of the does? And that was the buck. That was the buck. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know, I think it was, man, I don't know. I guess I was maybe 14 or 15, and I shot a buck at the house and with a rifle, and buck ran, and we tracked it to, man, I think two ponds. And I didn't have a dog, didn't know anybody with a dog then, and I know that's a pretty pretty good spot to start looking. If you have some ponds close to your area, seem like those deer, you know, wounded, they, uh, they hit those ponds pretty quickly try to get to them at least yeah yeah a lot of times they will and a lot of times i've noticed and i know jd has that they will just go to a pond and swim straight through it too yeah quite a few times i had dealt with that a few times last year just trying to cool yeah. off and come out the other <clears throat> side think they refreshed and ready to go that's right that's right that's right man I, how um one thing i'd like to to get y'all's opinion on know jacob and i we we just talked about how how hot it's been man starting off this this season but has that affected the tracks any? You know, I guess we're just basically one, one and a half days, you know, into the season. But does the heat really affect the tracks any? You know, the dog's ability, the the, the deer, or you know, how does that, how does that impact the track? I think we both have an opinion on that. Um, JD, you go ahead, and go first. I mean, obviously, the heat is going to affect affect the dog. You know, as far as his, especially this part, this part of the season, early in the season, you know. During the off-season, we do work our dogs some, probably not as much as we should. So the heat is definitely one factor 
you know, that comes into play as far as the dogs themselves actually getting tired, you know, wearing down uh, a lot quicker versus when it's a lot cooler outside. As far as, as the dog's ability to smell, it's going to hinder them a little bit. But a well-trained dog, and, and most of ours are, they're going to be able to hold a track during the heat. You know, a lot of a lot of their struggles is the stamina right out of the gate uh, during the heat and, and so on and so forth. So we definitely have to keep them hydrated and whatnot. Definitely. And I'm, I'm, I agree. I'm on the same lines there. Um, as far as the scent-wise goes, you know, I, I don't think that the heat really bothers the scent as much. Because I think it's it's there whether it's 50 degrees or whether it's 100 degrees, but the problem that comes with with it being so dry and so dusty, and that dust getting in that dog's nose and him constantly fighting that dust. Now that now that does hinder him a little bit. But the scent, I mean, it a dog could track you could shoot one now, we'll track it tomorrow this time, you know. And yeah, still be yeah. There. I agree. I agree with Jeff on that, and I was going to touch on that, but. It's not necessarily the heat, like you said. It's the dry conditions that we've had here in South Mississippi lately. That that'll be the uh, the factor there. What you know hinders them a little bit is it just being so dry. It has been. I know I haven't even been able to. You know, I hadn't even went through the the motion of planting a food plot yet. It's been so dry, man. I don't want to put seeds out and you know not get any rain or even try to sit out there and disc it right now. So man, that has just, been a conversation I have had all week with folks. My big tractor got back today, or actually yesterday, and I have talked to multiple people wanting to know if I was planting. You know, we got a little rain coming this weekend. I told them, I'm, me personally, I'm just going to hold off, get a little bit of rain on seed. If it starts to come out and then we hit another drought again, then I've lost all, you know, 50 to 100 acres that I'm going to plant for cows. Not talking about doing deer plots, talking about planting for my cattle. And... I'll just hold off a little bit. I was going to try the no-till drill this year, but I think my ground's so doggone hard. I don't even know if it would do much good. It's not enough moisture in the soil on this hill right now to even worry about fooling with. We done had a no-drill spill. Yeah. <laughs> may wind up making more of a mess. And we may wind up, look, we may wind up broadcasting it and scratching it and covering it in and just not be able to graze till January or February if we don't hurry up and get some rain. I've had to do that before in the past. You know, most of the time I like to be ryegrass in the ground by October 15th for cows, and that way in of November I can start to graze a little bit, you know, an hour on each day. But uh, this year it may not it may not work that way. I may wind up feeding a lot of hay early because the rest of my grass around here is starting to burn up too. And it's been hot and dry. It's just it's terrible all the way around for everybody. Oh, I got a hay field nope. right now that we want to try to get another cutting off of, and it ain't going to make. Mm. And I'm scared to even go clip it, because if I clip it, I may kill everything. <laughs> I mean, it's dry on this hill. Well, Jeffrey, I know we mentioned it whenever we talked to you before, but uh, tell us who the members of Team Breakdown are. Uh, we got my, myself um, and, and John David Polk here. We got Rusty Everett. We got Bo Brown. And we got Thomas Arnold. We got Chris Haygood. <clears throat> we got Chad Tate. We got Rob Reeves. We got Nevada Watts. We got Larry York. We have Ernest Powell. And uh, who am I forgetting? Justin Williams. Williams. Justin Williams. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Even I knew well, that. You didn't, you didn't say Chad either. Yeah, I did. I said Chad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said him. Yeah, oh, that's my bad. Sorry. Yeah, well, I almost got out. Forgive me, fellas. I know y'all listen to this later, so don't shoot me. 
<laughs> so how, so how many is that? What twelve? It's, it's twelve of us. We brought on the, over the last, over the last end of deer season. We brought on Ernest, and and uh, this year we brought on Rob. So we just decided that you know anywhere from from Hattiesburg to the Mississippi River in a straight line, we've got it covered. You know, um, that's pretty remarkable. You know, we we've been pretty yeah, we've been pretty pretty picky on who we brought on board with us. You know, which. Right. Number one had to be a stand-up guy, um, and then the dog had to be be able to perform in a certain certain way too. You know. I think what yeah. they did, they stopped at the Dirty Dozen, is what they did. <laughs> that's where they they found a twelve and said, "All right, that's the Dirty Dozen. We're gonna call it and go." <laughs> so, out of these twelve people, how many how many dogs is that? You know. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Well, let's see. I myself, I've got. <laughs> Three. John David's got two. Uh, Mr. Larry York. Now you keep a tab over there. There you go. Mr. Larry York has got a passel. Um, he's got. I don't know exactly which number to write down for a passel. Well, we'll figure that out <laughs> here in just be a, a little second. More um, I know there. he's got. He's got Mouse and Mickey, and he's got two more young dogs. He's got Hank, and I think he's got four. I believe we're, we're gonna go with four. Ernest Powell. We always call him Frog. Everybody knows him in his area around Frog. So. He's got two, I know. Justin's got two. Thomas has got one. Bo Brown's got one. Chad's got two. Man, who all we got here? Help me out. That's eight people. You're missing four. Yep. Chris has got. Chris Haygood. He's got two. Or th- he got three, don't he? He's got. Yeah, he'll have three this year. Mhm. Nevada's got two. Uh, Rusty's got. Rusty's got one. Well, who's missing? And Rob. You know. Oh, Rob. Rob. Yeah, Rob's got. Rob's got a pass of two, but I think he's got. I think we're going to stop three. with two, two, maybe three yeah. over Rob. So two of them, two primary let's dogs. Let's go to two. I, I think you got Bo Brown, right? Bo Brown. You got yeah, him. you already got him. We got okay. him already. That is 25 dogs, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> so needless to say, there's plenty of dogs to go around. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, with that being said, we're we're not going to. Well, you know it's it's a bad, it's a vast misconception, and we talk about this amongst ourselves all the time. That even though I've got three dogs, that doesn't mean I'm fixing to come come to you and to turn three dogs loose. You know we do a lot right. of teaming up as well. You know we might turn two if if we turn three dogs loose. I guess is about as many as we're gonna turn out in a bunch because Lord knows we things can happen and. We don't want folks to start thinking that hey, they just come drop the tailgate and just gonna come run whatever comes gonna come jump and run whatever comes out. I ain't that's not the case. Right, right. Yeah, each each track is different, um, and based based on the track type depends on which dogs you bring and how many of them you do bring. Well, that's that's the information you get from from the hunter, right? You 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 want to know. What you're going into? Do I need one dog? Will I will I need two dogs? And that's the kind of information you can get, you know, from the shooter, right? Right. Most of the time, we try to gather as much information as we can from the original call when it comes in. Now, you as well as most people are going to realize once you get there, things have probably changed a little bit from what they told you. You know, there's there's certain things that we look at at the shot site. You know right there immediately close to where the deer left that we can tell, okay, it may or not have happened just as he says he thought he saw it happen, you know. Um, so, and there's been times last year where I went on tracks that were supposed to be pretty simple tracks. 
and I got there, and it'd be a situation where the deer had not expired yet, and I could tell based on how my dog was tracking on that truck, and, you know, my call on those is that I simply back out, mark my last blood, call in a, another handler with another dog, whether it be a bay dog or a catch dog, and then we go back in there because I'm not going to send just my one dog in on a situation I know that she can't handle on her own. And, and you know, they, yeah. go, they go back to what you're talking about is sometimes it changes. That doesn't mean that we're saying that anybody's fibbing to us or nothing like that, you know, because, you know, hunters and fishermen, they, they never fib. But, um, that that's just a, that, that all in the heat of the moment, you know. Sometimes you may miss some minute details because when you call me, normally when you call us, you normally in a state of distress. You know, you can't find the deer and you're aggravated and you're just trying to get us out there. And but it's a list. It's a it's, it would blow you. It's a really a, an extensive list of questions that we try to cover and and cover it all in a pretty short amount of time. You know, it anywhere from how was this deer standing? You know, which direction was he facing? What did you shoot the deer with? What was the reaction after the shot? You know, if there's blood on the ground, what does the blood look like? Is there bone? There's a real long list of stuff that that we're going to ask you. You know, and as much, as silly as some of it may sound, some of it has carries carries a lot of weight, right, JD? Absolutely. Well, I'm sure they get tired of sitting there answering all those questions. They're like, just bring your dog out here, you know. But I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why we ask those questions. Uh, and we hope everybody understands that. Well, you so got John, to. So, John, David, I, I got a question here, and I think a lot of people may may be wondering this question, you know, that that may not ever really had any experience with, with, you know, handlers or anything like that. So say I shot a deer, you know, this evening. Say if I shot a deer right now, the deer run off, I feel like I don't have the ability to track it or, or I basically don't want to track it. I want a dog. So what's the steps that I would take to I want team I want a member of team breakdown to come out here to my property and help me find this deer. All right. So as a hunter, what we would like you to do if that's the case, if you shoot the deer and it runs off, no questions asked, you want a dog there, regardless. Is get down, go to your shot site and mark your first blood. You know, then make your phone call. That way you're standing there and can give us somewhat of an assessment of what the blood looks like and we can go from there and and go go through our question process with you. You know, how high were you in a tree? What did you shoot? You shot it with a bow. Okay. How far was it? You know, reaction, so on and so forth. If that's the, the route that you choose to not track it any, would just be to mark the first blood you got right there immediately close to the shot site and then make that phone call. Okay. You say make the phone call. How do, you know, I, I know I know, but somebody out there may not know that's listening. How do they get in con- contact with you to begin with? Okay. They can look us up on Facebook, Team Breakdown, Blood Trailing, and on our homepage is listed all of our cell phone numbers. Anybody can get those. We have business cards out at several locations in this area. You know, before the show's over with, me and Jeff, I'm sure he don't mind, we'll put our phone numbers out there, and anybody that's listening that wants to log, uh, log it down, they can. They can call us directly, you know, if you don't have access to the Internet. So on and so forth. Absolutely, and, and there's a call button on our Facebook page too, and that that call button is linked directly to my phone. So if anybody goes to Team Breakdown Blood Trailing, and they click that little phone button, it, and it, it's going to call my number because it wouldn't let me list multiple numbers or whatnot. But but well, that's okay because I I can dispatch to whoever's closest or most the most relevant dog 
Well, that's what I was fixing to ask. When it comes to you, you know who's in what area. You know who's available, who's not available. So then you can that's right. That's right. act as dispatch on that and mm-hmm. send and get everybody coordinated as that, best as possible. Absolutely. And it works out that way a little bit better because most of the time I can answer the phone. And even on my job, you know, I can a lot of times I can answer the phone. If I can't, then... I usually get back to them pretty quick. Now, do you normally handle that first phone call, or do you get their number and say, look, I'll have somebody call you back here in just a minute and let them ask the question so it's not going third and fourth party of what actually happened? I will ask a a small summary, you know, because I want to get a a picture of what we're looking at before before I say, all right, well, I'm going to pass it on to so-and-so. You know, if if I'm going to... If I see that this is really going to take a catch dog or something like that, there's there's only so many of us that have catch dogs. So mm-hmm. if I know it's going to take that, it's either going to be myself, Chris Haygood, or somebody that's with a, with a catch dog. You know, several of us have them. But, you know, I don't want to send somebody on a, that somebody a, a leg shot deer. I don't want to send somebody that doesn't have that. You know, just just a, just a small summary. I don't have to have everybody in detail, but, but I'll at least to know where they're at, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of an idea of what they think, where they think they hit the deer. Well, tell me this. We got you online for a few minutes. Can we kind of simulate a phone call just to give all our listeners an example of what happens when you shoot a deer and call in, or do y'all want to? Yeah, absolutely. I'm good with that. Jeremy, you want to do it, or you want me to act as a caller? Man, go ahead. I'll let you knock it out. All right. J.D., you going to be the call E? No, no, that's going to be you, cause you just said that uh, the phone call, phone call, phone call goes, goes straight to you. All right. Boy, didn't so, I just throw myself under the bus? I've just shot a deer. <laughs> I've gone on Team Breakdown on Facebook. I find the phone. I call the number. I get Jeff. Jeff, this is Jacob Poole over in Liberty. Man, I just shot a deer. Are you anywhere where you can come give me a hand? Yeah, man, let's talk a little bit first. I just want to get a little information from you before we before we go to the next step. All right. Um, First off, what did you shoot the deer with? My bow. Okay. How far was the deer? About 30 yards. Okay. What angle was the deer? Was it broadside? Was it a little quarter to you, quarter away? Look, that huzzy was snorting at me, and she had snorted about one too many times, so she was looking right at me I when you. I shot at that white patch on her neck. There you go. Well, that's where we think we hit the deer. No, I hit her a little lower than that. I was aiming at that, but that's not right where I hit. Okay. Okay. So have you tracked the deer at all? Maybe. Okay. Just a little bit. Just a little bit? Okay. How far did you go, you think? Oh, about 100 yards. All right. You got any blood? Yeah. Found a little blood. What, little look, what, what kind of what color is it? It was red, a little bit of dark, with a little bit of green stuff in it. Oh, okay. Well, it, to me, it sounded like you got some green stuff in it. It sounded like you got some gut somewhere. I think I may have run her all the way through. You think so? All right. Like well, I say, she was facing me, and I hit her, I believe, in that chest cavity, and I it may have come out by her tail. I got you. Well, that's a possibility, but just in case, if you don't mind, I want you to just block. I want you to mark where your last blood is, and let's back out of them. Let's give this deer a little bit of time to expire, because we don't want to jump the deer and run it all over the country if we don't have to. Well, I jumped her up once. Did you? Okay. Well, we're gonna give her a little time, just just in case anyway, because she'll lay back down if you don't keep pushing her. Well, she snorted at me again, so I threw a rock at her. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, I've, I've I've got it marked and sitting here on the phone. In fact, I'm still standing on it right now. So you're saying I need to get out of here? Yeah, just back out the way you come in. Don't don't fan out. Don't grid search or anything. Just just ease back out, and uh, let's give this deer a few hours to lay down. 
few hours. If you got time. Okay. Because we don't want to run her off too bad. You know, if we want to get this deer for you, we want to increase our odds as much as we can. Look, my kids said we need some backstrap at the house. So. Yeah. I understand. I understand. We'll just go on to the house and give them a pack of nabs and tell them we'll be back in a little while. All right. Well, now, you need to know where my house is? I do need to know where your house is. But the first thing I want to ask you is, is how big of an area do we have to track in? I've got about 100 acres. Okay. Well, that's good. How close to the property line are we? Oh, we we right next to it. Okay. But do I know my neighbor. Do I you? Yeah, I don't think he cares. Do I need to call him? If you don't mind, let's get permission and go ahead and get that get that out of the way and let him know we'll be coming with a dog. Okay. Yeah, he, I don't think he's going to mind, but I'll I'll give him a ring. All right. We'll see if I can't get you a good answer. You give me your address and we'll see you in a little while. All right. Now, once you get here, what series of questions are you going to go through? Well, we're going to go through the same thing again because because now you've had time to sit down and think about it a little bit. To make sure all my answers sound alike. Are we still on the call or will you just ask me what I'm going to ask when I get there? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Once you hear. Right, right, you're here, here now. We're you gonna, just pulled up, doors open. We're going to start all over. You know, we're going to start from start to finish, you know. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to know what you shot the deer with again. And something I left out before, is this a mechanical or is it a... Fixed broad head. Fixed broad head. Fixed broad I got head. the arrow right here. All right. Well, good. Pass through. All right. Let's smell it. Mm. I'm going to let you do the sniffing. <laughs> or are you going to let the dog do the sniffing? Well, I'm going to smell it. I like to smell the arrow, you know, in, in especially in these situations where I suspect it might be good. But if you shot it head on, it's probably going to be a little bit of everything. But anyways, you know, we're going to go through the same questions. You're going to ask you how the deer was standing. You said she was facing you dead on. What did the deer do when you shot the deer? Wheeled around. She wheeled around and took off? Wheeled around and took off. All right. Never heard a crash or nothing. Yeah, that first time. Yeah, that first time. Then, well, when jumped, I jumped then jumped her, her up. Yeah, yeah. I heard a couple crashes, but it sounded yeah. like she was just breaking through some limbs. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I've got all that on tap. I'm going to actually take me to the shot site, and we're going to start easing on from there. Okay. Oh, by the way, my neighbor said it was okay for us to go look on his place. Well, that, that's good, you know. I, I, I figured you'd already told me that if it wasn't okay, but, uh, you know. Well, you know, I, now, had, I, have I a, had fun throwing curveballs at you there just for fun. I figure. Okay. I figure. <laughs> did I pass the test? I don't know. It's your test. I mean, <laughs> J.D., did I pass the test? That's pretty good, other than you forgot to tell them to stay at the food plot and let you do your job. Well, you know. <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> well, we just headed there. You know, we headed to the shot site. We ain't tracking yet, you know. So y'all don't <laughs> we, we do ask that I question. started to ask if I could bring my dogs. I got two at the house. I mean, I, they they would like to learn. You would be surprised, man, the the amount of people that that call and say, you know, I put my dog on it. Well, I'm gonna ask them. I said, you know, if not everybody is known for having a good blood dog, but they might be a jam up one, you know. So I'm gonna ask. Them. Mine's more of a biscuit getter. Well. My dog don't mind it too much, you know, as long as they don't mess around too much. Sometimes sometimes people get lucky, though. But I always ask that. Yes, that's another thing. You'd be surprised of how many people actually say, well, I, I put my two little old dogs on it, and they, they ain't really do a whole lot. They try to little ways, but they ain't do a whole lot. I'm like, well, how many times have we run into that, J.D.? <laughs> More often than you think. Well, guys, I have, yeah. a, I have, a, I have a question about the dogs. Okay. What is what is the primary uh, breed of dog that you you and your handlers use? That's a loaded question because now 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 we all have different different. It's a different opinion there. It's, 
it's as many opinions there as it is grains of sand and on the beach, you know. Um, That's what I figured, but I just I didn't know if it was some a primary breed that y'all have. I I know several dogs that y'all have. I know they're different ones, but mm-hmm. just wanted just wanted to get your opinion there. Well, here's my my opinion, and then I, and JD can give you his too. My opinion is you need to have a dog that fits the person. Now, what I mean by that is if um. And like I, like I tell a lot of new handlers that, that talk to us sometimes, you know, um, you got to be as game as your dog. If you got to, if you got the kind of dog that's gonna get in there and bay that deer or catch that deer, you got to be the kind of fellow that's gonna get in there and and handle that deer too. You know, once that dog gets in there, because it's your job to protect that dog once you're on the track. Some people, some people's more suitable for a. And and I'm and I'm not poking fun. I promise. You know, some people's more suitable for for a little weenie dog. You know, that they can keep on lead. They ain't gonna just pull them and and you know and and work them to death. Some people like like myself. I I run a lab and a catahoula, and I got a bulldog for catch catch dog. So, um, they I kind of I, I run them off lead most of the time, so they kind of do their thing. And we got uh, Chad's got lacy dogs, blue laces. They they're on the same lines of a cur dog, you know, as far as ranging out and going ahead and hunting. We got Bo Brown. He's got a he's got a bloodhound. Um, he's not your typical bloodhound though. He's he's not he's not a you know you think you think bloodhound you think of old lop-eared dog laying on the porch snoring. He's not the one. <laughs> He'll hunt some yonder in a heartbeat. But uh, and you got uh, JD. He's got a he's got a red bone. He's got a silver lab too now. Um, Rusty's got a lab. So, like I said, it's all it depends on the person. You know, whatever dog fits you, whatever dog you like, then you, you can. Um, Justin, Justin loves those healers. So, I mean, you know, they're not widely known for, for blood tracking, but that doesn't mean they can't do it. You know, whatever dog you like, you spend the time with it, and the dog's going well, that was one. That was one thing I kind of wanted to get at. You know, you if you call a handler. You know, you may be thinking in your mind, you know, a bloodhound, a lab, but there are several different, you know, breeds of dogs that can suit, you know, blood trailing. No, absolutely. absolutely. Well, kind of walk us into this a little bit. Uh, when you first decide that you want to train a dog, I mean, uh, Jeremy and I both had have had labs, you know, we, we run duck dogs some and know us at best on training, but... I know where to start there. Where would you start if you were trying to get your dog ready to be a blood trailing dog? I mean, can you tell within just a couple of weeks of whether they're going to make a decent dog, or is it something you've just got to keep trying for six months? Well, that that's another one that's kind of a, that's kind of an opinion type thing. JD, what, what do you think on that end? Uh, I I can give you from my aspect of it because my silver lab that. I have right now, this is her first year tracking. So she is just now starting. Um, first and foremost, you have to have a dog that is willing to please its handler or its owner. You know, it's got to show will, want, and determination to do the task that you put in front of them. Uh, Remy is her name, and we started several months back running her on mock tracks and just progressed from there. Um, so she started at a hundred yards straight line and then we moved up from there to a hundred yards with a 
50 yard turn or something like that at 50 yards and so on and so forth and i think the last mock track she ran was 400 yard mock track i'll tell this and i did take her on a track last night and it was not a recovery but i was pleased with the way she worked she worked the track really well and it just happened to be one of those deals where the deer was not going to be recovered the deer probably based on the shot will expire later in life due to digestive issues if you will but it, like I said, the dog, it comes back to wanting to please the handler, and I can see that in my dog. Um, you know, Sally, she's my, my older dog, a red bone that I've been running since I was a junior in high school, and I always, I really didn't train her. She just had the want and determination to please me and whatever I put in front of her. You know, she picked it up on her own. So I hope that can answer your question a little bit there. Well, just, just really kind of curious, you know, a lot of folks, always want to know what goes into to what you do i mean you guys go out and and y'all you know i don't know if a lot of people actually understand this but y'all go out at all times of night or day and you may be out for 30 minutes you may be out for six hours no definitely i rolled in the house at two o'clock this morning yeah and y'all offer a free service to help people try to recover their animals i mean guys no offense i mean that's that's the that's above and beyond. I mean, kudos to y'all. I mean, y'all, y'all are really putting something out there and sticking behind it because you you don't get paid. You just enjoy doing it. That's right. You do it you know. for the love of it, and you want to see folks be successful and find, you know, what they've spent time and effort and and them trying to get their trophy, whether it be a doe or a full point or a massive 10 point you know trying to help them get everything they can and have it and not see anything go to waste you know i know as sportsmen that's one of the things anything that you know if i if i pull the trigger or or let an arrow fly i want to make sure that we're putting it on a plate at the house and that's your job as a hunter yes. or a sportsman is, is to, to, to do everything in your power to to make sure that that whatever animal that you're attempting to harvest if you don't if you make a bad shot or whatever on it it's, it's your it's your job to make sure you do everything in your power to make sure that that animal is is used or 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 you know recovered whatever means it it, it may be now y'all said earlier that you had you've had four recoveries right now that's just open opening day just opening day. Just opening day. And season opened Tuesday, right? I think Jeremy said Wednesday earlier, but it actually opened. Yeah, it opened, opened Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Yesterday was yeah, the first yesterday day was of the season. first in Mississippi. Everybody My days opened may up. be running together, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, man. You're thinking on it turnaround, it might be all starting to blend together. <laughs> uh, another sunrise is just a glorious day. Whatever day it is, <laughs> but I, I'd like to go back for just a second and talk about how you you know you, you ask about how you know a dog will make it or not. I'll, I'll back up even to the part of, of whenever I picked Sam, my silver lab, when I picked him out of the litter. I took every puppy in that litter, and I brought it away from its mama, and we got out in the yard, and he was the only one of the litter that didn't whine for its mama and try to go back. He followed me. Well, I said. Well, you found a home, buddy. And from that point on, I said I I knew I got him to train to be a, a blood dog. You know, we was gonna we was gonna blood trail with him. Y'all been there from day one. From day one, you know. Um, 
I've had him since, like I said, I, I, he's off of, of Rusty Everett's Hercules and Buddy Wolf's dog, Precious. And I, and from day one with him, I said, he, he, he wanted to be my buddy. And I said, you, you, you got it. You're going to be something then. And then from, you know, from having him in the, I brought him, I think I brought him on a couple before he turned five months old, but it was just one of those things of him being, just being there, mm-hmm. you know. And he found his first deer when he's five months old, and an untouched track. Down. Now Ray Charles could have found the deer, but because <laughs> there was so much blood on the ground. But you know, I put him on it, and I treated it just like it was a real track. And he went, he went out there about eighty yards, you know, short track. And the rest is kind of history, you know. It's really awesome to see to see him to see a dog blossom in that aspect. It's the same way as it would be with a duck dog. Yeah, be you know? successful. I mean, you, you know, want that, to see everything. Recovered, that first retrieval, you know, is like, man, look at there. You know, it's gonna pan out. You know. And last year, I I don't have my numbers in front of him, but he really impressed me last year. JD was on a lot of tracks with me last year, and I and I credited a lot to Sally because, you know, uh, Sam would follow right along with her and. As the year went on, you know, he would start to venture on ahead, you know, and start doing his thing. And Because, bless her heart, Sally, Sally's getting on up in years, and she ain't got quite, she ain't quite as spry as she used to be, you know, like like, like kind of like me sometimes with some of these younger boys just with us. <laughs> I'm starting to feel you there, buddy, mm-hmm. as the years go. But, you know, a lot of things that I don't think a lot of people get, people see you with a dog, and they see you working with your dog, they don't get the connection that everybody has with their dog. You know, my my yellow lab outside, my kids love her to death, but I don't think she spends anywhere near as much time with anybody else as she does with me in some of the absolute worst weather conditions. Because if you're a duck hunter, you're really not looking for the prettiest day. You're looking for some of the nastiest weather you can. That's when the ducks want to move. Yeah. And she and I cover a lot of miles throughout a year. And the bond that we have, I'm sure, is just like y'all's. You know, it's not like a normal, and I know a lot of pet lovers out there have house dogs and lap dogs, and but a dog that'll work for you mm-hmm. and that is doing everything and anything it can to make sure that you're successful, I mean, that's a, that's a hunting partner. It, it's not just a pet anymore. You've got a true buddy. That's right. And, and, and to go on top of that, you know, on these tracks, you know, when you lose... If there was good blood everywhere, you wouldn't need us. So when you lose blood, you got to trust the dog, you know, and and that, that adds a whole new level to it. You know, when you're going on sometimes for hundreds of yards, you don't, you ain't got a sign of blood anywhere. You, you've got to, you got to rely on the dog. You got to trust the dog, you know, to, to, to do what you know we ought to be able to do. So, and then that reward when you, when you come upon that deer. It, it makes it that much more better. You like when I really trusted him, and he followed through for me, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. Well, you you touched on it just a little bit ago, Jeff, with a with a younger dog and 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 an older dog, and guys, you know, JD or Jeff, whoever wants to take this, how valuable is it when you're starting out a young dog, or is it valuable at all to pair them with an older dog that's got the experience, that's going to you know jump out of the truck, show it show it the last sign and take off how valuable is that for a young dog to see and, and experience well in, in my opinion and jetty can, can can touch on it too but in my opinion just because i feel like i'm the the the, the reaper of this because because i put sam with sally so many times and sally has been doing this for a coon's age you know um i put sam with her and 
I felt like it was a very valuable lesson. Now, it's, it's also just as valuable to, to let that dog try to take the lead, you know, to be able to, to do its own thing eventually because it's just like anything, you know, with when you're learning to do a job, you may start out as a helper, you know, if I'm making any sense there. Uh, you start out as a helper, you know, like this, this we're going to talk about an electrician field. You know, you start out as an electrician's helper, somebody that's more experienced than you, and you learn from them. And then eventually you'll be able to, to step it on up and do your own job. And that's that's kind of where I was with Sam. You know, I put him with Sally so many times, and he he went with her, and then eventually you'd see him start to put, want to do his own thing, and that's that's, that's where we are now. Um, J.D., you, got, you want to add to that? No, I mean, I absolutely agree with it. If you have the opportunity, if you have a dog that you just started out and you have the opportunity to put it with a, a seasoned dog that, you know, you have no doubt in their mind to get them going, I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, some people may say it's not, you know, but I think it's a great idea. And once they start branching out on their own, you'll be able to tell. They'll, with us running GPS systems, you'll be able to tell that that younger dog Okay, it's ranging 50 yards or so ahead of the older dog. So it's it's been figured it out. You know, it doesn't need that guidance anymore and that reassurance. You know, they, they feel confident with themselves. So, yeah, absolutely, I think it's a benefit to have an older dog to uh, run with a younger dog while it's, while it's coming up and training. Well, that's like Is any it? other mentoring. You know, if you take a kid hunting with you, you're hoping they're going to pick up all your good habits and none of your bad habits because I know we all have them. But if you're not taking them in the woods and letting them follow in your footsteps, then they're never going to learn. And that's true. And, 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 and to, to add to that, you know, the, now now we're not saying that that's the only way to train one. Of course it's not, you know, because mm. there's a lot of people out there that don't have the luxury of being able to pair their dog with an older, more experienced dog, you know. And that's where it comes to where um, my first dog, I didn't bow my bulldog. I, he hadn't, I didn't, I've never laid any Never laid any mock trails for him or anything like that. What I took him to was was deer, you know. Everybody that I knew shot one. I took him to it, you know, and I let him smell that deer and I let him lick that blood, you know. And you know, every chance I got to somebody, if you if they shot one and they they knew it went out there a little ways and died, I said just leave it laying there. If you got a minute, we'll come put my dog on it. You know, he, every bit of his training was on the on the job training, and you know that's that's the way I trained him. And, I, and sometimes that's the only way that people have to train their dogs is to put their young dogs and put them in the woods. And woods times means everything to me. Well, Absolutely. I agree let me with back that 100%. Up. Let me back up what Which, I just said right there. Now, when you're taking a young hunter, the way I said that, I said that wrong because that's not the only way to learn. But it, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. it is one good way to learn. But, I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, you've learned things, I've learned things where I didn't have anybody to go with, and I just right. had to figure it out. Now, with technology today, you can watch a YouTube video, you can watch hunting shows, you can, mm -hmm. you know, but time in the woods is still the best teacher. That's true. You know, we all like to turkey hunt. Well, I know we had this discussion on the first one, but, you know, an old Tom will teach you new tricks every time you walk in the woods. So every time. <laughs> they, they can make you feel smarter or dumber every moment. And most of the time it's dumber. Oh, yeah, I try not to rehash those. But <laughs> well, Jacob, you just mentioned technology, and JD, you know, he, he mentioned something that I was I was interested in hearing y'all's opinion on. Yeah, I know that I, I've seen y'all use you know GPSs on your dogs. How valuable 
is using that piece of technology with the dogs and, and finding the deer. It's great. Because <laughs> uh, up just until a few years ago, I didn't run a GPS system. I ran just a bell. So that meant that I had to keep up with that dog every step. You know, every step that dog made, I had to be behind her. You know, I didn't run Sally on lead. But since that GPS has come about and, and you know, started using it, it's uh, helped out a lot, especially when you go thousand yards on a track and find the deer and you're like, well, now you got to drag it a thousand yards back and your buddy sitting out there on the road with his GPS says, why don't you just walk 50 foot out here this blacktop road and, you know, it helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, and won't you let Jeff, me drive Jeff up to you? For that well, sure he is, he's, he's been that man. I have. I have a lot of times. And then also, I'm going to add something else. You can look on that and be like, hey, the dog's going that way. It's a briar patch right here. I'm going to walk around this briar patch if I can. <laughs> so you can use it to not only coordinate the dog, but coordinate yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I got you. <laughs> now, do y'all have now, a that, certain now, system y'all like to? that all the handlers have or just a few of y'all have or, or everybody uses that? Everybody in Team Breakdown has, has, a, has we all run Garmin. Um, but most of us, several of us now run the, the Alpha system. That, that their new, I believe it's their newest system they come out with. Some of us run, I think some of us run the 320, and, and a couple of us run the 220s. But it's all it's all on the same lines, you know. Um, the the Alpha just just a little got a little more gadgets to go with it, you know, as far as training tools or whatnot. Yeah, and if you don't mind me asking, just to, just to know what kind of investment you guys have in there. How much money do you look at whenever you you know you purchase a system like that for your dogs? Man, those the Alpha system. I just bought an Alpha system with two collars and and a, a truck antenna just in case. And I think I spent. It's in between. It varies, you know. It's between twelve and fourteen hundred dollars somewhere along in there. So it's it's not like going to the store and buying a Coke. That's for sure. <laughs> It's a pretty good investment, nope. you know. It's it's you looking at it, you looking at a thousand plus dollars just to just to be able to follow your dog. Yeah, and, and that's not just for your dog too. I mean, that's for the benefit of the hunter as well, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, there's a lot of things that go on with those systems. Like if you're on a track, you know, there's a, there's there's programs that you can get on these handhelds now that that tell you the property boundaries, the property lines, and how to get in touch with. The people who own the property. And that's, no, that's cool. That blow. That, yeah, it was kind of mind blowing to me, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can go along and you can mark. Just for instance, if I was going on a track and and I was marking the blood as I come across it, I could every time I come across blood, I could drop a pin. So we got blood here. Okay. So you we don't go, have to leave somebody sitting on blood with a flashlight anymore. Nope, don't have to do that anymore. I can I can mark it on my system and come right back to it. I can mark a bed. You know, if I come across a bed, I said, right, "This is the deer bedded down here. We, the deer has gotten up from here. We're gonna mark that." You know, or we're gonna just and I always before I leave the truck, I mark the truck so I can get my tail back there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the most important thing, and the very first thing you do is mark the truck. Yeah. Now, y'all actually did y'all have to study on how to use the technology a whole lot, or did somebody kind of walk you through it? Because Tell you a quick story. A friend of mine a couple of years ago bought a new offshore fishing little setup, and we got out, found a good fishing spot, and we couldn't figure out how to leave a waypoint. 
so we wound up doing a man overboard. So if you came and looked a couple months after we had gone fishing, everywhere we had been that we found fish, there was a man floating in the water on the screen because <laughs> that was the only way we could figure out how to mark the spots. We couldn't put a location and a name. We just started putting man overboards. Well, I guess you got to do what you got to do sometimes. It worked. <laughs> it looked really funny. When you come back, it looked it looked like some type of homicide scene or something had transpired. It was a whole lot of people <laughs> left out in the water. Well, I, I just, like I said, I just got this alpha system. I'm still learning it, but yeah. It, it, yeah it's, it, a, it's a learning learning process, but once again, YouTube is your friend. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, uh, matter of fact, last night on that track, Jeff handed me this system. I looked at him and I was like, I don't know how to use this thing. Why are you giving it to me? You know, because his system's different than mine. I just <laughs> I handed it back to him. I was like, I don't even want to try to figure this out right now. <laughs> well, guys, look, to wrap this thing up a little bit now, tell us, tell us where everybody can find y'all. Let's make sure everybody knows where they can locate you and how to get up with you. Because I know everybody that's listening to this is probably going to have an opportunity this year where they might need to make that phone call. All right, um, you can follow us on on uh, on Facebook at at Team Breakdown Blood Trailing. I mean, all our phone numbers is on there on our cover photo on on our Facebook page. And all you have to do, if you don't want to go through looking at that, you may see somebody you own there, know on there and want to call them. But if not, hit that call button. That's going to call me. Um, when you call me, we're going to go from there. Just like we talked about before, we're going to go through those series of questions. But you go through there, and, and I'll and I'll my phone number, just in case you, anybody wants to jot it down. My name is Jeffrey Nunnery. My phone number is six zero one five nine seven two five seven zero. Again, that's six zero one five nine seven two five seven zero. And uh, I'm JD Polk, and my phone number is six zero one. That's 601-551-3110. And to add to that, if you call and we do not answer, we do encourage a text message. Absolutely. And we'll get back to you as quick as we can. And, guys, we encourage everybody, if, if the moment you have doubt, call us right then. We have people, like like we said, on on, on a... On the one before, I've had people that when they shoot, they're gonna call us. If the deer runs off, they're gonna call us, and that's okay. We'll we're gonna get somebody there to help you. Don't don't hesitate to give us a call. It doesn't cost you anything, so why not? I think it's awesome, sure. guys. Y'all have awesome service that y'all provide for the community, and that's that's kudos to you. Jeremy, you got anything Jeff, as we wrap this yeah, up? Yeah, Jeff, is there, is there any need to make a Facebook post or just directly go ahead and call one of you? No, um, um, the um, not, yeah, you know, uh, to, to add to that, we're part of a bigger group called Nose to the Ground, too. All of us still track for Nose to the Ground, too. And if and if something happens and, and you make a post there, then 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 they have well, there's different channels to go through there. But but if you if you go directly through a team breakdown. You could just call us. You know, um, you could send us a message on there. Got a part on there where you could just, if you wanted to send team break team breakdown a message, and everybody that that has connections with that page will get that message. There's ample opportunities. Um, you could even go as far as the emails if you really wanted to, but we won't go that far. That's on the page too. But you could click that message button, that call button, and and somebody's going to get in touch with you. Awesome guys. Well, guys, we appreciate y'all uh, getting on here with us and just just informing people a little bit more about about what you guys have it's a it's a great service i've used it myself 
you know, great service they offer everybody. I hope you, you enjoyed this edition of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy. Thank y'all. God bless. God bless, folks. Lord, to make you feel alright, I got the windows down, I got the radio.